0: Hey, welcome to the Lessons in Letters podcast. Today is a very special episode because I have a very special guest with me today. And before I brag on this guest, let me welcome this person on. Welcome, Mike.
1: Hi, Avery Dixon.
0: (laughs) Okay, so if you're wondering who Mike is, Mike is my uncle. However, he's doubled as a mentor for me and someone I've always turned to for advice. But it wasn't always like that. Right, Mike?
1: That's true. So true.
0: So when did I meet you again? Was it back in 2010?
1: It was um, 2010, 2011.
0: Yeah, something like that. So to be honest, when my Aunt Carrie introduced me to Mike, I was so intimidated of him. Not because you were scary by any means, Mike, but because Mike was not afraid and is still not afraid to ask any question. So let me set the scene. Imagine being 10 years old and your aunt brings this guy to dinner, and you meet this guy. She's been dating long-term, and right off the bat, he's like, what's your biggest fear? What's your favorite movie? And by the way, do you know how many feet are in a mile?
1: (laughs) Well, it wasn't quite feet in a mile. It was how many inches are in a foot.
0: Well, something like that, and I was scared. I was so scared of (laughs) you. I was like, please don't ask me any more questions.
1: Well, it it, uh, started out pretty, uh, I could tell you were pretty, Shy, I should say, probably, but needed to break the ice.
0: You did. So, I are you ready for me to break the ice on the podcast?
1: Yes. Let's okay. Do
0: it. The question that everyone gets asked on the Lessons and Letters podcast is, "What is your most embarrassing story?"
1: Well, I hate to say this, but I really don't have one. But I do have some childhood stories that could probably be considered maybe abnormal.
0: Yes, I'm sure. Let's hear it. I feel like, too, a lot of the stories I've heard about your childhood really make sense because of the way you are today. So tell the listeners a little bit about your family and maybe some of the memories you have.
1: So my mom was kind of a um, free spirit, but pretty formal person, worked within the rules that were available or there in front of them, hardworking, and um, but she also had a playful side that kind of went across every aspect of life. And I give you one example. We'd go to the dentist. She'd come and get me to, from school to go pick up, to, take me to the dentist. And, you know, I'd have my tooth probably drilled on for like my eighth cavity because I wasn't brushing my teeth. And um, she would say after the dentist appointment, she'd go, how about we go get an ice cream cone? And then, you know, get the ice cream cone and it'd be like noon and she'd go, like, let's just go home. We've, you've had a big day. Let's just go home. And I'd spend the rest of the afternoon at home while my brothers and sisters were at school. And this just wouldn't go on once or twice, but it would go on probably every doctor's appointment. We would just skip the rest of the afternoon. But the kicker was that I had to have good grades and keep on schedule moving forward. But it was kind of wide open from everything that we ever did was like, just as long as you didn't break the big rules and worked with inside the The parameters of those you could do about anything
0: that's so fun oh my gosh and um i know you've told me a lot of stories about your brother tom and how you guys were just such rascals do you have any good ones about tom and you
1: um well we rode our riding lawnmower from our house for about three miles which is now down which is called if anybody's in this area was Snawfer road So we rode it about three miles. Um, He sat on the hood and I sat on the the chair driving it. And we were probably (laughs) uh, maybe uh, six or seven years old. And uh, we just did it on our own because my mom wouldn't come home to take us somewhere. So we just started the lawnmower up and drove down the street with it for about three miles. And somebody saw us (laughs) and made us. uh, They called my mom and dad. And uh, we eventually had to come home with them.
0: Oh, my. A lawnmower? A riding lawnmower. A riding lawnmower.
1: And this was probably uh, 1968 or something, 1969.
0: That is so funny. That's incredible. Oh my gosh, I love that. And it's funny what you're saying about your mom and how she would pick you up from the dentist and just let you have ice cream and be like, you know, okay, you can stay home. Reminds me of how you were with Jake in high school. And for those who don't know, Jake, Jake is Mike's son. And something I learned about Mike when I first met him is that he would let Jake Come home from school and just watch, or wouldn't even go to school and watch movies all day. Like, what is that? Please tell me a little bit more about that.
1: So this kind of comes from my mom, and it comes from a different, a few other places. As I got older, I picked up all of these little habits from people that I was watching. Um, I like to observe a lot. So Jake was in elementary school, I guess, and um, I was having trouble getting him to school on time one day. So I got the principal or administrative people. Yeah. Anyway, so she's like, hey, Mike, you're getting close to the limit. And I was like, just instinctively, I said, how many days can I be late? How many days I can miss? How many days I can be tardy? And all these absences and everything. Well, she gave me a complete list, which was a mistake because (laughs) ultimately I pushed every one of those items on that list to the limit.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So we would sit at home. Um, If I knew he had like eight tardies for the quarter, we would sit at home and watch uh, monk at that time so he would never go to first period and we would get to school about maybe uh nine thirty, ten. 10 and then i would drop him off and then the the administrative assistant and his first grade or his first period teacher would be like okay he's, this guy's got something going on so as he got through elementary school this was going on from elementary school all the way to high school through high school and then eventually at high school level i had just basically I don't want to say this is probably something you don't want to do. But I he was going to doctors, just for annual exams and things like that. So I had a, about four or five letters, one for dentists, one for eye doctors, one for like bones, skin. And I would just have these letters and just hand them to him when we were running late or he was running late.
0: Oh, my gosh, that is so funny. I wish I wish uh, my parents let me skip school and watch movies with them all day. That actually segues perfectly into what our podcast is about today. And our podcast is how every day is the weekend. And Mike truly lives every single day like it's the weekend. I'm not kidding. I swear nothing stresses Mike out. Mike is always like so laid back. And I I, I just can't even like explain it well enough because every day is the weekend actually describes your personality perfectly. So Mike, can you maybe step in for me and just... Explain what every day the weekend really means to you
1: um it kind of uh there's a bunch of strings that probably come to together to form one big thread, but most of it comes from I would say a faith in everything will work out
0: that's good
1: and then I would say on the back side of it is that I wasn't always like that, you know it It just came through a process of evaluating which direction I wanted to go from just my life direction, like what kind of work, what kind of family, friends, and, you know, any other aspect that I was doing in my daily routine, I would always try to make it really enjoyable. Or I would always try to, you know, meet, Avery said earlier, that when I met her, I'd ask her a thousand questions. That's because I generally want to know something about everybody. And I I really don't feel like I don't have, I can talk to anybody and they're pretty much my friend right away.
0: I think that's so true. I, I absolutely admire that about you and I want to get into that later, but I'm telling you the first time I met Mike or the first couple of times being in middle school or grade school or whatever I was in, I was like so stressed out about school. And that's so funny looking back because it's like, we didn't even have letter grades back then. It was like pluses and minuses. It grades did not mean anything. And I remember vividly having a conversation with Mike, telling him all the things I was so stressed about it stressed out about. And he's like, kid, it's okay. Like, it's not that deep. Life is supposed to be fun. Every day's the weekend. And that has stuck with me so much. And it's something that I really try to live. By every day, but it's kind of tough because things do happen. Life happens. There's so many run-ins, but Mike, I want to ask how and why you have that outlook on life. I know you said it wasn't always like that. When was the moment where you were like, you know what? Life is short. I want to live every single day like it's the weekend and not wait until it's Friday night to have a good time and enjoy my life.
1: So it pretty much comes back to like, it was a long process. I, I, I really probably didn't know I was doing it as when I was younger, but it was always part of me. So I never really stressed much when I was a kid because I kind of was just kind of like, why is everybody so upset? Like it just didn't get to me. And that could be just me personally. But as I got older, it wasn't, you know, like I said, it wasn't always like that because I'd, you know, have issues through high school, college, um, marriage, family, just the whole basic gamut of everybody's problems. And then as I started getting more and more into growth is pretty hard to do. And that's why probably most people don't do it. I was reflecting inward a little bit and also trying to figure out like, why am I kind of upset about something that's not really relevant to my day-to-day happiness? And just over a process of eliminating things that kind of would irritate me or trying to understand the response to them. It just led me to believe, okay, this is not really that big of a deal, and the way I'm um, approaching it is more of a big deal than what's actually, how it's impacting me. Give you some examples, like I used to, you know, my friends, we'd go to travel on an airplane. This is kind of a minor one, but we would all travel, and these guys were all wanting to be there two and a half hours early before. The plane would take off and, you know, they were packing three days before and they had their own luggage. That and, sounds
0: like something I would do. <laughs> yeah.
1: So they were all kind of doing this whole routine, which most people do. And we were going on a trip for like 14 days. And I know most people can't do this, but I showed up with basically a Kroger bag um, with about six T-shirts in it. And I didn't even bring any personal items. And I just figured... Okay, I just need a couple T-shirts and some shorts. It was in the summertime, and I would just pretty much travel to take this trip like it was, and then I would just go buy my personal items when I needed them, when I got there, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it, it astonished everybody in my group. They were like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And by the end of the trip, most of the people in the room that I was with were like, this is stupid. Why do I have, like, five pairs of shoes? Why do I bring, like, 20 shirts? I'm not wearing them. And then, you know, you get down to the nitty gritty of like the happiness of everything. I was a lot more happier and I was picking it up than the people that were trying to f- do all these things. And they were buying into just the normal way of doing things. And then I started just paying more and more attention to just like saying, I don't have to do the normal process.
0: Oh, that's good. And that actually reminds me so many times. Um, I'm just like Carrie, Mike's wife. Um I'm such a planner and we love our checklist and I'm always like that when I go on vacations. I'm like, okay, I have to have the perfect outfit for this and I need five shoes. And my mom is exactly like it too. Every time we go on an airplane, it's like over 50 pounds. And I remember Mike was talking to me and he's like, hey, what are you bringing on vacation? And I start rattling off a list and he's like, Avery, you just need a pair of white linen pants and a white linen top and you're going to be good like for the whole week. And it's actually true because I got there and there's just outfits piled up, sitting in a closet that I didn't use because in reality, I was just having fun, enjoying time with family and friends, making memories, the stuff you were saying that actually makes that, like creates that happiness. And it's not about what you wear, like what you have, any material thing. Um, so I love that, that you're such like a simplistic person.
1: I expect unexpected. And then I expect my response to be kind of unexpected to that response. So I typically don't blow up. I still kind of do sometimes obviously, but I normally don't. I don't let it last for more than probably an hour or 20 minutes at the most, maybe sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I just go on from there.
0: That's awesome. And I think it's definitely a good lesson for people like Carrie and I, who are like, got to be on time for everything. Like every little thing matters and is so important, which I think is so funny. Cause you and Carrie compliment each other so well. You're like, Care like let's just stay another hour at Avery's house. Like we don't have anywhere to be, and she's like, "Oh, we gotta go." And like I love both sides because you balance each other out yeah, so much. I,
1: she's a uh, perfect fit for me because she she is kind of my um, timekeeper and my <laughs> calendar, so to speak. But at the same time, I think I'm good for her because I give her the non-calendar, no time uh, agenda. Because if you follow everybody else's program on how you think you should live, you won't live your own life.
0: Oh, that's so good. That that really is so good. That's one I'm going to jot down and something Callie and I were actually talking about on the previous podcast, just about expectations and how you think you're supposed to be living your life a certain way. And really, that's that's not the reality. And something that I really admire about your life and you told me about is that you went to Italy and lived there for, what was it, three months
1: No, no, no. I, I, we went on a vacation one time, um, for about, uh, maybe 20 days. I didn't live there. I've been there maybe about nine to 10 times. I feel like
0: that's definitely another abnormal thing because most people aren't able to easily uproot their lives and just go for a good amount of time. And it's, I don't think it's the fact that obviously you've worked very hard and you're very fortunate. I feel like a lot of people just don't do that. They They're not going to allow themselves the time because they feel like they have to be living their lives a certain way.
1: I would agree with that 100%. Um, We all, and listen, my way is not always the right way or every path is for every individual. And as long as they find, like even with my own son who I try to talk to about these things and close people like Avery and my wife Carrie and a few other people. If you're clearly just going along with the program, and I call the program, this is what I've been saying to my own son for years: is I'm like, okay, you go to middle school, you go to elementary, middle school, high school, college, graduate, get get a job, get married, have children. It ends right there for a lot of people. Like they just sit there and go, okay, what's next? Eight to five, um, maybe some family functions and. To me, that was not like what I wanted to do. I wanted to have all that plus every other thing I could do outside of that. And it works for me. It might not work for a lot of other people. But for me, just like when you were saying um, earlier, like going on vacation, I was not always that way. Uh, My friends enticed me to go because I'd been going through something, a personal thing. And um, they were like, let's just go on vacation. So they talked me into it, and I've been on a pretty good amount of vacations over my lifetime, and I enjoy them, and I've met all kinds of different people, all kinds of different lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And success. success for me comes with inside, not so much from the, the outside. So if I do well inside, I feel like I'm going to succeed in the outside world with interacting with people even. So mm-hmm. my biggest goal is if I feel like I'm doing well, I'm going to win. Right. And that winning doesn't mean necessarily I'm going to win like from a victory standpoint, which is always nice if I do. But it's going to just be winning with people, which Mm -hmm. is like so used. I've heard that a bunch of times. And I just try to implement that like you win with people. And if I'm making people happy and people are making me happy, I just feel like every day is the weekend.
0: Something that you said that I absolutely love is winning with people. And something I so admire about you is the way you make people feel important. And the way you do this, I've realized, is by asking so many questions. And before we jump into that, I know there's so much psychology behind asking people questions. And I know you know it too. It doesn't take a psychologist. People love to talk about themselves. And something that I really admire about you is that you get people to start talking about themselves. You get them to open up. And I just want to get your insight on that?
1: Well, it's a little bit selfish because I literally like to hear what other people think in their perspective of it. So I, it's it's actually kind of benefiting me mm-hmm. probably more so than the person that I'm trying to talk to. But I would tell you, even with you when I first met you, because you were not a talker.
0: <laughs> I wasn't. No,
1: you would sit there and um, you were giving out very little feedback at that point. And you were only 10 and I, like you probably said, I was I was uh, probably intimidating to you, which is fine. But after time went by, I was thinking, asking questions back, which is really important to me. Because like you said, most people want to ask questions and want to talk about themselves. I think the whole mystery concept that people have about one another when they don't ask questions gets a lot of bad feedback to people and their perception of someone. So I like to kind of come in and just... Start asking questions. I really don't think I have not met someone that I could not be a friend
0: with. I agree. You do find out a lot about yourself when talking to other people because, I mean, you pretty much live your life inside your head and you don't realize that people are so different. They have totally different thought processes than you. And being able to see how other people think really gets you to tap and say like, oh, well, that's what makes me different. And it's so cool to see that. But other than that, it's it's really fun to get to, to talking to people. And um, I don't, I, just, I just think that being able to ask questions creates such a deeper bond than just surface level talk oh the weather and you know what i'm
1: saying well i feel like if i didn't see you at this point in our life like for another 10 years i think i could pick up right where i left off with you yeah and i i I think i could do that with a lot of people um that might be good or bad but i really feel like i know a lot about you and people like i engage with because it's important to me that and and what you know, going back to every day is the weekend There's not much more to life than your relationships with people. And if you generally have good relationships with people, your life's going to be pretty good because most people want to help you succeed.
0: At the end of the day, it's not about getting people to like you. But I know a lot of times I've even caught myself going on about something I did that I want somebody to know about. But at the end of the day, people are so self-centered and they they may care about what you're doing, but not as much as you do. And sometimes getting people to really see that other side of you is you asking them that question so they can talk about their self. I don't know how it works out like that, yeah. but it's so true.
1: I would tell you, you my generation didn't really have that. So I'm not really that. I see it now because of, you know, my nieces and nephews and my own son, but, I will tell you, I, I was probably on the first end of a cell phone with a picture, which is kind of a big deal that you could send just a yeah. picture to somebody. So, you know, you want to like, be... Um, I can remember having those feelings of like, oh, this is great. It's a pretty cool place. I'll take a picture and send it to my friends. And it, the intent was not to like, oh, I'm here. It was just like I wanted to share that moment with someone. Right. And, but then it turned into, um, well, maybe, maybe they can't get here or maybe they couldn't understand what I was trying to do and then it goes back to that self um holding on to it so to speak i started saying wait there's more power in the holding on to that moment for myself and the people i'm with mm-hmm. than it is to exp- to express it openly to people that are not that close to me or that are not even in the same um you know that like you said they really don't care mm-hmm. And I'm expressing, I'm sharing stuff with them that I should be sharing with people that are a lot closer to me and keeping it tighter, which would give me a lot more power in my own happiness. I love that.
0: Okay, Mike. So at the end of every podcast, I'm going to ask my guests to share a lesson or a takeaway and then a letter to all the listeners. So Mike, what is the lesson or the overarching thing that you want to leave people with on this podcast?
1: I would say... Um, enjoy every minute of life, even if it doesn't seem that good to you. I don't talk about religion very often, but I would say that I do um, have a lot of faith. And I think that that faith is probably one of those things I hold on to. And not too many people know about it. It's just between me and my Lord. At the end of the day, um, you got to do your best in everything. So you want to always exceed your expectations Um on any level, but if you don't hit them or if you exceed them, the, the trick for me is like being happy at either side of it and not to exploit either side of it. Don't punish yourself and don't over-reward yourself um, during that journey.
0: Okay, And so Mike, what is your letter?
1: I would say you need to surround yourself with a good group of friends as a support team, and if you don't have them, You need to find some.
0: That's really good. All right, Mike, that ends the Lessons in Letters podcast, the second one. And I just want to thank you so much for being um, my guest today. It was so fun to talk to you.
1: Thanks, and you too. (laughs)